Today we're going to talk about a faith that shapes our behavior. You know, if I, if I had a, a chair out here and I said, I believe that the chair will hold me, awesome, right? I could even say, I trust that the chair will hold me. But until I actually go and sit down in the chair, that's when I have faith that the chair is going to hold me. The, the faith that I have is shaping that activity. I can believe it's not going to make any difference. I can trust it's not going to make any difference. It's when faith that moves me to action, that's when changes are made. That's when we see adjustments in our lives. If I say, well, I believe in God, but it's not shaping my everyday behavior, I'm no different than the demons who say they believe, according to James. Well, I can say, oh, I trust God, but is it changing the way you speak to your friends? Well, I trust God, but is it changing the way you handle trolls on social media. Well, I trust God, but is it changing the way that you interact with people that differ in your belief structure politically? You see, I can believe and I can trust, but we are being called to a faith that shapes our behavior. Uh, James would say, and we're going to be over in Hebrews 11, but James also says that faith without works is, it's dead. It's dead. No life, no breathing, no activity, dead. If I don't have a faith that's adjusting the way I act, what kind of faith is that? See, I think many times what people, what humanity, what the culture is looking for today, and sadly what many Christians are misunderstanding, is we try to find a faith that matches my behavior. Well, I want to act this way, so I'm going to go find a church that lets me act this way. Well, I want to have this lifestyle, so I'm going to go find a church that lets me have this lifestyle. Well, I want to, I want to speak this way, so I'm going to go find a church to match what I already want to do. That's letting behavior shape your faith. But the call of God is clear. We are to have a faith that shapes our behavior. So we're going to look at this today over in Hebrews chapter 11, as we continue our series on one faith to lead them all, uh, we are walking through Hebrews chapter 11, looking at the many people that are listed, and some people will call this the hall of faith, or they will call this the faith chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. These are some terms that people may use about this particular chapter. Today, we're going to talk about a man by the name of Enoch. Now, uh, Enoch, uh, we will find his backstory. So if you want to look at his backstory this week, it's over in Genesis chapter 5. And there you're going to see, uh, you're going to see one of those chapters in Genesis chapter 5 that's kind of like the Midwestern flyover states. 
That's what Genesis 5 tends to be. Why? Because it's this one begat that one, and this one begat that one, and this one begat that one, and this one begat that one. Now, if we were honest, and I'm not asking for a show of hands, but if we were honest, a whole lot of us read the first two verses and go, man, when's this stop? I want, just get me to the drama. I just, want to, I just want the drama. You know, I remember in senior literature class, they had us reading some books and oh my goodness, they would read a book, and I'm not, I am not joking. We came across one of these descriptive writers that wanted to take six pages to describe this chest of drawers in this bedroom. Six pages to describe chest of drawers on the wall in the bedroom. I'm good. Anybody with me? I mean, I'm good. That, that's all I need. You know, there was a chest. Leave it to my imagination. You know, does it have five drawers? I don't know. Don't really care. You know, which one's the sock drawer? I don't care. Which one had, had, had the intimates? I don't care. There was a chest of drawers. It was on the wall. Let's get to the drama, people. I need dialogue. You know? When they said this to them, oh, you did you just say, oh, yeah, let's see, oh, okay, I want to read this. But we want, we want to talk about, you know, the, the flower colors in the garden, where the dialogue's happening. Give me to the dialogue. And that's kind of how Genesis 5 is for some people. You find these lineage passages, these ancestry passages. Everywhere. My wife is, is, loves ancestry. She, she loves it when Ancestry.com gives you the free weekends on stuff, and she'll, she'll dive deep on that, and she'll look at all these things. And I, I'm, over there playing, I'm over there playing my Xbox. Who am I related to again? Oh, yeah, let me know when you find out. <laughs> you know, it's not that I don't care. I just, all the details, it's just, I, I just want the dialogue. So Genesis 5, don't pass over that, because sometimes you'll find a nugget there that expresses something, and that's Enoch. This beget that, and he beget that, and he beget that, and he beget that, and then suddenly you have Enoch, and Enoch walked with God. Wait, that's different. What, what is that? So go back and read the backstory, Genesis 5, 21 to 24, if you want to skip through some of the other stuff and get to the dialogue. That's just FYI for you all. But the story is referenced here in chapter 11 of Hebrews, and it's in this series of how faith was in their life, how faith affected different people. Today we're going to look at how faith shapes behavior, because Enoch is one of those interesting individuals, because he was and then he was not. How does that happen? I don't know. You don't, we don't know. It just, he just, he was, and then God took him. He, he just, he, he just was not. You know, one breath, he's standing before you, the next breath, gone. You know, there's something to be said for that. He's just gone. So, 
let's read it together. It's in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and beginning in verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away, and so he didn't experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. If you just read it for what it says. He was, then he was not. And he couldn't be found. So obviously somebody went looking. I mean, you know, it's one thing to walk home or to come home from college to the house you used to live in and have nothing there and have no note. They were here. Where are they now? It's a whole other thing if you come home and there's a note on the door, by the way, we moved, here's the new address. Thanks for telling me. This is, kind of, this is Enoch. He, he, they went looking for him, obviously. Why? Because it says he was not to be found. If somebody just wasn't anymore, we'd be like, where'd they go? What happened? You know, am, am, I, am I on pranksters? I mean, what is this? You know, oh, I'm for the older people. Am I on camera? Candid camera that may. You know, am I am I getting something pulled? What is this deal? He could not be found. But there's a reason. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. That's that's a statement right there. He he was approved as one who pleased God. If we stopped right there and I simply asked you the question, are you one whose life pleases God? Or is the way that you act, is that pleasing to God? Do you please God each day? Not, not the day that you gave faith, but yesterday, tomorrow, Thursday. See, why are you picking random days? Because faith isn't random. A faith that shapes behavior should shape it every day. Am I one who pleases God? The things that I think, do they please God? The, the things that I say, do, do they please God? The things that I do, the places I go, my reactions to things, the stuff I put out there on social media, does this please God? Now, it certainly might please me, but does it please God? Well, they had it coming. Does that please God? Well, they deserved it, but does that please God? Well, I just lost control today. Does, does that please God? Well, now, I don't normally talk like this, but does that please God? I don't normally go home with people on the first date, but does that please God? See, these are questions we have to be asking ourselves. If faith is going to shape my behavior, I need to let faith shape my behavior. And I need to stop and I need to ask myself these questions sometimes. 
Because before you know it, all of a sudden, out of the blue, you get a thought of something that you want to think, say, or do. And you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Well, no, I don't want to do that. And it might go away. And then it comes back again. And then it might go away. And then it comes back again. And you know what? You know what the devil's doing to you in those moments? He's just wearing you down. Kind of like the three-year-old who's nagging for a candy bar in Walmart. Have you ever seen the power of a three-year-old? Who's nagging? Can I have a candy bar? 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 No. No, no, no. Yes. How many of us have done that? Come on now. Yeah, you lie. You've done it. Grandparents, come on now. See, I, I, let me just, grandparenting. I'm waiting for the moment. No, I don't want to rush it. But I'm waiting for the moment where I get to spoil them and send them home. You know, what do you, what do you mean they had ice cream? It's 10 minutes before supper. I never got ice cream 10 minutes before supper. Well, I'm sorry about that, but they're my grandchildren now. How does that affect anything? Well, apparently it does. Faith that shapes behavior. The devil's going to nag and nag and nag, and he, he's going to tap you on the shoulder and tap you on the shoulder, and he's going to come back and come back and come back. And to have the resilience to say no continually takes a, sh a faith that shapes my behavior. Enoch was approved as one who pleased God. The only way to have that is that a, this is a man who had faith in God. And, and a man that because of that faith had communion with God. He spent time with God. And, he, and he, you know, he was approved as one who pleased God. So his faith brought him to a sense of communion with God and spending time with God and in that it shaped his behavior and this was pleasing to God. Relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Is that faith leading you to spend time with God? Is that then shaping your behavior so that it pleases God? I don't want to do all that. That's the call, though. That's, that's the thing. That's what this is about. This, this isn't about fire insurance that I got in September of 1978 as an eight-year-old who just didn't want to go to hell. That's what I'm afraid many of us just have. We, we just have a fire insurance claim, but we don't have a real relationship with God by faith. <laughs> There's a big difference. There's a huge difference. There's, there's a whole chasm of difference. There's a heaven and a hell difference. 
I can know it in my head, but do I have it in my heart? Preachers used to say there's 18 inches between heaven and hell, which is about the distance from your heart to your head. I can know it, but do I have it? That's what the big difference. Enoch had it. He had a faith that shaped this behavior of his. It goes on to say, Now, without faith, it's impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. The idea of draws near is the word used for worship. The one who worships God must believe He exists and that He rewards those who follow Him, please Him. Two things. Those two things that He lists right there. If you're going to draw near, if you're going to worship Him, then you must believe that He exists. That's an odd statement, isn't it? Let's put it this way. If I'm going to worship God, then I, then I need to stop my practical atheism. It, what, what do you mean? What, this is what I mean by that. This is what I mean. We have to stop saying, I believe in God, but my life is being lived as if He doesn't. See, I think there's a lot of Christian atheists out there, not to steal the term from Craig Rochelle, he came up with, he wrote a book about it, but it's true. We, 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 we're living practical atheism oftentimes. Well, what do you know? I'm not an atheist. I believe in God. Well, I believe the chair will hold me, but am I sitting in it yet? I, I, be, oh, I believe God. That's why I'm here. I want to worship God. But is that faith shaping your behavior? Or am I here because it's a habit, which isn't a bad one to have, but it can become mindless too. We can have muscle memory and do things, and we don't even realize we're doing them anymore. We're not actually focused on what it is that I'm doing. I just do it. Now, I, I'm a Gen X person, so I, we were the first to be introduced to the video game culture. And... Uh, the generations that follow are much more steeped in video gaming than we were, but I like my Xbox. And I know it's 16 years ago, but I don't care. I like, I like my Xbox. I like the game that I play. I play one game. I play NCAA Football 14 because that's the last time they produced it. You're playing a seven-year-old game? How old are you? I'm old. You know, but I'll stand there, and I'll, and I'll be playing, playing the game because I've got to stand. I can't sit and play. I've got to stand and play. That's just my, that's my thing. I've got to stand up, got to play. So I'm holding the remote, and I'm watching the TV, and you know, you know what? I'm playing the game, and my, my thumbs are going wild down here on the controller. But you know when I first started playing the game, how I had to play it? I had to, I had to, what am, what am I doing? Okay, but do this. Okay, no. Now I just turn it on, I'm like, score. 
because I, I, I'm doing it. I don't even think about it anymore. You say, well, that's a good thing, right? Not when it comes to walking with God. It's not good to, to do it and not even think about it, to get into His. You may be reading the reading plan, and you get into His Word, and you're, you're reading it, and you read it, and you go on with your day, but it has not taken effect on you in any capacity. In fact, I don't even know what I read. If you read through a whole chapter of God's Word and you got nothing, read it again. Clear your head. Clear your mind. God, I don't know. Something's going on. I feel there's a block. There's a disconnect. I got, it's fuzzy. It's gray. It's foggy. I don't know. I don't know. Get another cup of, of coffee. Get some more caffeine. Do what you got to do. Come back. Read it again and say, God, I need to know something from you today. Here's a guarantee. You ask God to reveal himself, he will. If you're opening up God's word to read God's word and you're not asking, God, reveal yourself to me, you know what's going to happen? You'll go days or weeks or months or an entire reading plan and never hear from God. Because you're doing it for the check mark, not for the life change. If you're reading for the check mark, I mean, I... You know, it's good that you're in God's Word, but that's, that's about the end of that. you got to be reading for life change. God, I need to hear from you today. And if you get up in the morning or if you're a night reader and you're going down at night and you don't need Him to speak to you, that's a whole other question we got to deal with later. Because, God, I need you today. I can't do this thing on my own. I don't want to try. In fact, God, I used to try, and I don't want to go there again. I need to stop living as if God doesn't exist. And I must understand that the quest is always worthy. He rewards those who seek Him. Whatever quest it is that God's called you to, the quest is worthy. The journey is admirable. Walk by faith. Live by faith. Let faith shape your life behavior. Three things I want you to know today. Three markers that you can check for yourself. First of all, live by faith. Are you living by faith? Ask yourself, am I living by faith? Enoch's life was marked by faith that shaped his behavior. Am I living by faith? Or am I living however I want to live? Am I living by faith? Second question that you need to ask yourself. Am I in close communion with God? Because a faith that shapes behavior leads me to spend time with God. Am I spending time with God? Do I have what would be called a close relationship with God? You need to think about that. Do I have a close relationship with God? So first, am I living by faith? Do I have a faith relationship with God because of what Jesus did that I couldn't and I put my faith in Him and have received forgiveness and now I have this relationship with God? Do I live by faith? Am I living by faith? 
Do I have close communion with God? And the third thing is, is my life being marked by my association with God? See, there's an unfortunate belief out there that what I do religiously is my private life, stay out of my private life, and I'll just have my public life. That's practical atheism. Following by faith, living by faith, a faith that shapes my behavior. There is no private public life. It's just life. I live by faith. I talk by faith. I walk by faith. I act by faith. I type by tape by faith. I respond by faith. I react by faith. I interact with faith. I live by faith. And everybody knows it. If I were to ask five of your work or school associates, would they say, you know what? They're a Christian because everybody knows they're a Christian. Or not? How, how, many, how many would it take? If we were to interview your classmates, your office mates, interview the people that you hang out, would they know that you are a person of faith? Or not? How many would it take before, oh, oh yeah, I, you know, I heard something, yeah, I, th I think they believe in God. I think. Have you seen that Rocket Mortgage commercial? Do you think or do you know? Go back and look it up. Well, I think they live by Do they or not? Well, I don't know. Why don't you know? Well, we're not that close. Okay, that's fair. Sadly, what if it's because they can't tell? Is your faith shaping your behavior? Do people know? Now, I'm not saying you have to wear, you know, a placard everywhere you go. I'm not talking about the Christian jewelry and the Christian t-shirts and the Christian tattoos. I'm not talking about all that stuff. I'm talking about a life that is being lived by faith in Jesus Christ. Where people say, yes, yes, they, they know God. I know they know God. Is your life being marked by association with God? We have to stop trying to separate private and public. Oh, yeah, everybody out there wants you to separate it. Everybody wants you, to, no, don't talk about God here. No, no, you can't bring up God here. They can't stop you from living for God. And if you are in a place that won't let you, just now hang, hang on, listen. I, I know some people that they, their idea of living for God is alienated everybody else around them and trying to, you know, to, to be this person. No, that, I'm not talking about being stupid for God. I'm talking about just live, just live your life. Do your morals and your ethics and your interactions and your responses, are they marked by Christian morals and ethics and beliefs? Just live your life. When asked, share your hope. Well, no, nobody's going to ask me. They might. Why? Because you have a piece they don't have and they'd like to know how you have it and they don't. 
Well, how can you be how can how can you be like that in a time like this? Well, because I have a hope. What do you mean you have a hope? There's a hopeless situation. Have you been to class today? No. I have a hope. How can you have a hope? The, 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 the business is shutting down. How do, you, how do you have a hope? How can you have a hope when the economy is like, how can you have a hope when gas is like, how can you have a hope when, how can you have a hope when the laws are? How can you, I have a hope because my hope isn't built on the things of this earth. My hope, my hope isn't built on whether I have the economy right or not. My hope isn't built on who's sitting in the White House. My hope isn't built on who's sitting in Congress. My hope isn't built on what decisions they make in Congress. My hope isn't built on whether the Main Street gets finished or not. My hope isn't built on whether I pass this class or not. My hope isn't built on, on anything. My hope is built on Jesus Christ. And if your hope's not built on Jesus Christ, you are hopeless. But if you're living by faith and letting faith shape your behavior, then you have a hope that the world doesn't understand. And in this day and age, if they don't understand, they're going to ask. And in that moment, you can share your hope. Is faith shaping your behavior? Let's pray. Father God, thank you because Jesus did what we could not do. And there may be some that have yet to believe that he did it or yet to trust and yet to have faith that he did it for each one of us, that he did die, he did rise from the dead, and I'm placing faith that what he did is sufficient for what you have asked of us. So God, I pray for those who need to place faith in Jesus first and say, I, I, I couldn't, Jesus did. God, forgive me and lead my life. And for the many in this room and online that, are, that have, play, have done that, they've made that decision, God, help us to evaluate and by letting faith shape my behavior or not. And God, I pray for, for those of us that may not be letting faith shape our behavior. God, that we would spend time in this moment of response to confess before you, to ask for your forgiveness, to ask you to reveal to each of us, are there areas that I need to submit to you? open up to you, to confess to you, and may we in this time of response honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.